Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cat's catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have a bonus episode. Although I consider myself one of the foremost experts on Cats the Musical as a plot, I've come to learn that the Cats fan universe is very expansive, and there are a lot of incredibly knowledgeable fans that know way more about the Cats interwebs than I do. So I want to talk to them. And first up, we have Flynn Lockett. Flynn is one of the managers of the Cats fan Instagram page called at the Jellicle Junkyard. Um, Flynn has already educated me on a few pieces of the Cats fandom that I did not know about. So I'm excited to have him share a little bit of his knowledge with the world. So Flynn, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Let's let's kind of kick things off with tell us about your Cats fandom. And I know you've been in a production. I know you've seen a production. But how did you become you know, a, a huge Cats fan? Um, I guess it's just I received the cast recording for my birthday a couple of years ago and I listened to it genuinely on repeat for six months and nothing else. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. And then last year when I was in a production of Cats, I met a friend, she played Jenny Any Dots, and I found she was equally as obsessed with it as I was. And so through her, I got introduced to this whole Cats fan community that I didn't know existed either until I met her. So it was I, that's how I got into it. And and who did you play? I played Buster Jones. Okay, so tell me tell me a little bit about your production. And you said it, I think you've told me it's about it was about a year ago from from now. So it was 2019. You were in a production. Um, where was it? Tell me more about it. Um, and uh, and then and then tell me about Buster for Jones. Like what was it like playing him? Okay, uh, so our production, yeah, like you said, was the middle of last year with uh, a dance company in Melbourne, which is the Melbourne City Ballet. They started off a thing called Melbourne City Youth Theatre and Cats was the very first production they put on. So I went and did that. Uh, We'd go down twice a week and rehearse uh, for eight hours. So that was the dancing, the singing and the acting training. And then we put on the show and it was really exciting. That's awesome. And so you were Bustopher. Um, What was it like playing that fat, jolly cat? Um, 
It was really interesting. Uh, I might just quickly talk about the casting process. So we actually all auditioned just to get in the show. Then we did two weeks of intensive rehearsals. So that was eight hours for every day for two weeks. And um, at the end of that first two weeks, that's when they cast everybody. So I was on the only males in production. There were four of us and I got cast as Buster Jones and the old Deuteronomy understudy. And our old Deuteronomy was a woman. So I'm going to say she set the trend before Judy Dench did. Um, (laughs) And yeah, so I got cast as Buster Jones and he was really fun to play. He was, I was only Buster for that one scene, but I was ensemble and sung a bit in some other stuff. And yeah, I think I got Buster because I am not a very strong dancer and I will admit that a hundred percent. Um, so yeah, him not being a very dancey role, but, um, being very sing, it was more just character work. So I played up this really jolly, but also this really, um, kind of uptown cat is how I did it. Okay. Now when you, you hadn't seen the product, you had never seen a production at this point. Had you seen the the movie or were you going in kind of cold? Oh, I'd seen the movie like a hundred times. Like I knew pretty much what I was doing, but I hadn't seen it live. Okay, and so you had a pretty good idea of how you wanted to play Buster by seeing the movie. Yeah, yeah. Were you told anything by your directors and your staff on how you should play play the character or anything about the backstory, or were you was it left up to you? Uh, no, they actually got us to do all our own research on the backstory for our characters. So everyone in the cast got a cat character. So they actually came to me and my friend, um, to ask about their backstories because they knew we knew so much about the show, which was re- was really fun. Um, uh, so, yeah, we got to kind of come up with our own backstories for each character and then kind of we show what we knew and what we wanted to do and the director was like, yes, we love it, yes, we'd like you to do this instead. So it was a bit of both. Okay. What was the best backstory that you came up with or what was one that maybe strayed away from what, I mean, I think you've heard my interpretations of everybody. Is there anybody that, that you think I completely missed or that was dead on or how did you kind of frame your play? Um, no, you're honestly, you were pretty accurate with everything. Like I think you've done a really good job. There were just some of the more minor characters people struggled with and we were like, well, this is kind of their personality, like just kind of play off that. And they were like, okay. So then they did and they went really far with it. It was great. So what was Bus for Jones's backstory for you? Um, it was not the attending multiple gentlemen's club like you had. That was, <laughs> I said, for, of that. for a youth, for a youth production. I'm glad that that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was very gentlemanly, uh, the, we kind of had relation, like relationships with it, with different cats within the show. And so I typically tended to stick with, um, Jenny and Dots. So yes, I was very, he was very gentlemanly and it was him coming to the junkyard to kind of tell everyone about who he was, educate all these young people on how a cat should behave essentially. But he was also... He also wanted to have a good time. Like I was there trying to make people laugh as Buster and I did, which I was really happy about. That's awesome. So from that, is that where the fan Instagram page came from? Is that how that started? Yeah. Um, from us telling everyone's backstories, we realized that there actually wasn't a lot for people to find, like other than the rumor mill that you've mentioned, which I have checked out a lot. That's where I got a lot of my um, stuff from. <laughs> Um, we realized that there actually wasn't a lot out there for people to develop these characters. Like they had names and 
like how they looked and where they were in the show, but really nothing about them themselves. So when we started up our account, we were actually originally Cats the Musical headcanons and we were just posting like little fun tidbits of information that we thought just gave these characters an extra bit of depth to help everyone out. Um, so, yeah, that actually started during our rehearsals, which was really fun. And then it developed into the Jellicle Junkyard because we started putting out stuff other than headcanons. We were like, well, as fun as headcanons are, it's hard to come up with them all the time and not start going into the cliche kind of stuff. So we decided that we wanted to put out things other than headcanons. That's how it became the Jellicle Junkyard. Amazing. And so now, how many times have you seen a live production? I've seen a live production once. One time. Okay. Now was the Australia, I'm assuming in Australia, was the Australian production different than uh, how different was, what was, what were the different parts? Cause I've, I've learned a lot about Japanese productions and uh, Swiss productions and call, all kinds of these other ones that have very different, unique takes on things. Was there anything drastically different in the Australian production? Um, plot wise, it was still the same show. Um, they actually did the Ballad of Billy McCaw version of Growl Tiger, which I actually hadn't heard before, so that was really exciting. But the really cool thing was they actually did it all kind of 1920s jazz theme. So they had the Cats unitards, then they also had these, like, costumes, like flapper dresses and stuff over the top, which was really, really exciting. Interesting. Yeah. That's a very interesting take. I've not heard anything about that. No, me neither. It was just, it was, I got, when I went in, I was like, they're all wearing outfits but it it actually really worked it was really really cool that's amazing did they change any of the musical numbers or or really the dance numbers by having that type of i guess theme um yeah they actually um had a lot of prop work so i remember buster jones a lot of the uh, a lot of them came out with like a dish and like a cloche on top and they did a whole hit with that which was really fun and then uh, they actually changed up the Jellicle Ball a little bit with the dancing, which I found really exciting. So rather than having all these big grip numbers, all the cats that had been mentioned, so Jenny and Egots, Bustafar, Mungo Jan, Rumpelteaser, they all came out and had their own little section within the ball, which was really, it was really cool to see them all have their own one little moment. And which was really exciting. They actually gave McCavity a dance number in the ball. Like he actually had his own little section. Wow. In the Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay, I want to pivot now because I want to talk to you about a part of the Cats fandom I knew nothing about that you've educated me on, which is the Cats Tumblr world. Yes. So what what is it? Explain it to the listeners. Give me the, the brief kind of rundown of what it is, and then I have about a billion more questions after. Okay. Uh, I sent you a description the other day, and I just want to find that because that was – I sent it to your whole people from the fandom. They were like, that's probably the best way to – describe it um so i'm just kind of going to go from that so yeah essentially the cat's tumblr and we use tumblr which is kind of like a, i'm getting like blogging i'm sure people have heard of tumblr um and it's similar to other fandoms in the fact that we share images and gifts and opinions and little stories and art and writing and fan pictures and all that kind of stuff but it is a bit more open interpretation because it um because cats characters are up to your like up to your own interpretation, I guess. So we actually have a lot of people on Tumblr who have blogs they run as the different cats. Like we have Buster Joneses, we have Bombelli Arenas, we have Jenny Dots who all interact with each other through the blogs as if they were those characters, which is really fun to read to see all these people's different takes. And then 
we also do role-playing within these Tumblr blogs. So I have lots of different blogs for different characters and I talk to my friends and we kind of just make these situations and put our characters in them and respond to each other as if we were those characters. So say I'm currently in a thread with um, my Rum Tom Tugger and my friends Plato, and like I will send them something as my Rum Tom Tugger as what they've said and then they will respond as their Plato and it just kind of goes back and forth and we come up with these wild scenarios and different universes and it's really fun. So that's incredible. Is it a essentially storytelling? So you are Rum Tum Tugger or is it just back and forth pictures? Like give me an example of one recently that's happened where you had interactions with multiple different people or playing different cats. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a bit more back and forth kind of storytelling. Like there was one I replied to this morning. So um, a lot of people also make up their own um, original characters or OCs. Um, and I have one, his name is Caramel. And so it's my Caramel and my friends, Cassandra, went to a farmer's market. Like it's just cool little things. Like we put them in real life. This is in um, an alternate universe we created. Um, yeah. So I was saying like, oh, they stopped at this stall and bought gingerbread. And he was like, do you want anything? And then she replies with, no, I'm all right. I don't want anything. Like, and he's like, well, you're going to steal my food anyway. So I'm going to get you something. So it's just little things back and forth like that. Like they're having a conversation. And does it happen in real time or is it over periods of time? Because I'm assuming my experience with Tumblr is like I post something and then I don't know if they're online or waiting. Like I might get it later. Is it a little bit more live or is it delayed and it happens over periods of, you know, weeks, days, months? Oh, yeah. It'll definitely happen over weeks because because I'm in Australia, obviously. I'm in a different time to my friends in England and my friends in like America who I've met through cats. So because we're all on at different times, there'll be like brief windows where we can catch each other and do it live. There are other times where we will have to wait a couple of hours for them to like, because they're asleep. So, yeah. How many original characters do you have and how many characters are you managing? Okay, I have three original characters um, and I currently manage one, two, three, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh. 12, 13, 14, 15, You basically have the cast. 15. You have the whole cast. Pretty much, yeah. Actually, does okay, any, I'll tell you one of the Does anybody have a Peter? We, um, no, we do not have a Peter. No, that's where I'm coming in. <laughs> you need to join the cats from the community as Peter, yes. So we tell me the backstories it. on your original characters. Uh, okay, so I've got one and her name is Jinx and she's changed a couple of times from different things that I've done with her because um, she's done some wild stuff. Like she died and then she came back to life at one point, which was... So she won. She won She won and went to the heavyside layer or did she just die? No, she... Um, it was it was essentially black magic and then she fell from the sky and died. Okay, so, so it's not, not like the good dying in Cats. No, it was bad dying, but then she came okay, back bad. to life through some magic. Um, and then I've got another um, OC, his name is Valoria, and he's just this like, he's just this really nice cat that he, I just wanted to make someone who was really nice and wasn't mean to anyone because Jinx was and she wasn't evil but she kind of ended up being evil and it was this whole big situation. Uh, and then my last one, his name is Tokyo, and he's actually Bustafer's grandson. So, so you kind of said a little bit with Jinx, but is there anybody that's playing a cat that's just awful? You know, like that's just mean to everybody, and that everybody in your group kind of gangs up on, or 
is it all a little bit more amicable than that? No, it's that that cat is Jinx. Yeah, That's I made Jinx. the hate. So you cat. created yeah. the one that everyone hates. <laughs> yep, yep, pretty much. Does anybody do McCavity? Um, yeah, we actually had we have someone do McCavity, but then they no longer um, role play with us. So we've had someone else take over as McCavity, which is quite exciting, and he is evil to say the least. <laughs> okay, and this is global. You've got people doing this from all over the world, right? Yeah, yeah, we had we had friends in Wales, the UK, um, both sides, like different parts of America, Australia, like all over the place. And does it ever get weird too much? Like, like it seems like this has opened up to where it could go a lot of different directions. Um, yes, it very often does go to some some places. I'll say that um, we are very <laughs> we're a very angsty group, so we like to we like to make them suffer. Okay, because I, I read some fan fiction for my Mr. Mustafa's episode, and it, it was – I needed a shower after. And so yeah. this kind of feels <laughs> like it's leading down a path that might get into a similar section. And I'm curious if that's the what this is more about or if it is a lot more just fun, having a good time, telling stories. It's a bit of a both. It's Sometimes we just do ones and lots of fun, and other times, yes, it, it can lead to okay. – those ways. Okay. Uh-huh. No more. No more needs to be said. No. No more. That's fine. No more needs to be said. Okay. So, I do want to ask, what is the? It doesn't have to be your favorite, but what's the most memorable kind of interactions you've had um, in this in this thread? Like, what's the best story that's kind of come from this? That's just like, you know, the farmers market's kind of fun and simple. There's obviously the the dark side of this that we're not going to talk about, but like, what's just kind of a Paint a picture for someone that has no idea what Tumblr is and what they're doing to where they could end up in this scene with upwards of 20 cats having different okay. interactions. Um, I guess one of my most memorable fans, the ones that first come to mind, is one where I made Tumble Brutus get hit by a bus, um, which was – it was okay. literally a random decision and my friend messaged me straight afterwards like, why did you do that? And I was like – I don't know. That's just where my brain immediately went because him and another cat, George, were fighting over something and he didn't respond because he got hit by a bus. Um, and then that led to a whole different other heap of situations. So, yeah, that's definitely Was one Jinx of Was Jinx the bus driver? I mean, honestly, probably. Okay. Wow. Okay. I, I don't even know what else to continue asking about <laughs> this. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, it's a lot. Like, it's... You have to be in it and like know about it to get a full understanding. I think I've explained it probably the best I can. How many hours do you spend managing 20 plus characters in this world? Um, well, we don't use all the characters at once. Like I'll probably have three or four threads, which is like the different stories on the go at once. Um, and that'll change when I'm using, like currently I'm using Electra, Rum Tum Tugger, um, Valoria and Caramel. So they're the kind of ones I'm using at the moment. Then I'll use Monk and Monk strap another day, and I'll use Mistopheles another day with some different people. Like it goes back and forth with whatever we like. That's incredible. Um, wow. I again, I I knew nothing about any of this, so this was fascinating to me to learn about. Um, I do want to pivot to the story because yes. I think this this whole thing started because I've tried to figure out the family tree and use you know you've done some work on it. Yeah. So what's your I guess it's really hard to make a f- just an interpretation of it because there's clearly too many dotted lines is what I keep calling them. There's, there's yes. definitely stuff where it could be a lot of different ways. Um, what's, 
what's your favorite kind of like overarching? This is what I think is, I know for a fact is true. And these are the ones that like, I'm kind of hoping are right in terms of the family tree. Okay, in terms of family tree, ones that we definitely know, and I'm going to say based on what I've been told, because I have communicated with cast members on stuff like this, especially their current, was current, US tour. Mm -hmm. Um, So Deuteronomy is the father of McCavity, Monkstrap, and Rum Tum Tugger. And then I've heard you talk about the McCavity, Demeter, that whole situation. So I actually do want to touch on that because the, well, this is what I think and what a lot of people, like the majority of people accept happened. So McCavity and Demeter were a thing uh, and they were in uh, a abusive relationship. And from yeah. that relationship came Jemima. Okay. And then Demeter escaped that and came to Monk. And so now Monk and Demeter are a thing and Jemima is Monk's adopted daughter. But she doesn't know that McCavity is her father, is oh, kind of how it is. Okay. Yeah. And so is that why they fight or are they fighting for old Deuteronomy? Um, it's a bit of both. So McCavity was, it's common to say that McCavity was kind of exiled or banished and he wants control of the tribe. And so... When he ta- and he also takes Demeter to get back at Monk, and so they're kind of fight. He's fighting for Demeter, but also to protect his father and his tribe. Okay, what about the Mister Misophilies Rum Tug Tugger? Mrs. Um, yes, I. Do you buy am- it? Yes, I do. I really okay. enjoy it. It's one of my favorite things. Um, uh, yeah, and it's very much a situation of like. Neither of them wants to admit it, but they both have like the biggest crush on each other. Like it's so obvious. So the other one that I ha- that I pieced together, and I'm curious to hear what the the fans truly believe if they think I'm right there. But with Bustifer, potentially with Jelly and Grisabella, with that potential love triangle, do you think that that is a thing, or am I reaching? I thought that was really interesting. I loved when you brought that up because it kind of combined a lot of different things. Like, um, so I definitely agree with the fact that Buster and Grisabella have known each other for a very long time and that Jelly Lorem is kind of infatuated with Bustafer. But I think it more is Bustafer's kind of there and they all flock to him because like the younger kittens flock to Rum Tum Tugger, the older cats are going to flock to Bustaford Jones is kind of how I see it. So there may have been something there at one point, but not necessarily anymore. Interesting. Okay. I See, I don't see the older cats flocking to Bustaford. I see him flocking to Gus, even though Gus might be a little too old. But if you're telling me he's a celebrity rock star, former celebrity rock star, you're telling me that he wasn't all over the place in his younger years. Oh, Buster definitely was all over the place, but I think it's more with Gus, it's more of a thing of respect and idolizing. Like if you went and saw, um, I don't know, Julie Andrews in the, like, and she was performing somewhere, everyone would just be in awe. It's like, this is this great person. We've known about her whole lives. Like she's so experienced. It's more of a, that situation than people loving him, I guess. Okay. That's fair. I, I think that's fair. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, What about the astrology signs? You said you know a little bit about it because I know nothing about astrology. I know nothing about cat's astrology. It's just on the, the Wikipedia pages, which I yeah, thought was yeah. a weird thing to begin with. Um, and every time I've researched it, it's made me a really cringe about how accurate it is. So someone put a lot of time into matching them up. Um, what do you know about this? Do you know anything? I, I think you said you have some some knowledge here to share. Yeah, so I am into astrology a little bit, and I'm, but I have a friend who's quite into it, and she was watching Cats, so I messaged her and said, look, can I ask you about this, like the astrology? And we kind of went through just a different couple of Cats, but the main thing she said is she thinks everyone is a Gemini because they're all completely insane and I was like that's that's pretty fair hang on let me this conversation went on for a while here it is um I think Gemini's are weird and so are all the cats and I was like that's pretty accurate she said Grizabella is a Pisces because she's sad and emotional she's a sad old Pisces who used to be a fun young Pisces and can't reconcile the two I was like again accurate uh, McCavity's a Scorpio and Wait, hold on. I want to see if this so that she's making this up. I want to see if this matches the website. Yeah, a couple well, I had a couple of the like a pictures of the like I couldn't find them on the website, but I'd found them before because we'd made a post about it. So I pulled that up and was like, what she was saying didn't really match, but the reasons okay. she had did make sense. This this and again, I know nothing, but Grisabella is an Aries according to the website. Yeah, I think she's more right with a Pisces though. Yeah, because okay. like I think that she's more right because she was able to give like justification for these things, not to discredit whoever did these originally, but her justification made sense to me with what I know about astrology. I have a lot of questions for whoever did these originally, because I want to know, first of all, who decided to do these originally. That's my bigger question. Who, who went to edit this page and looked up every single one of these? Like it's fun when, when we're asking someone that knows, but I want to know who actually thought like, I got to go fix this. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was like, when I was reading it, I was like, oh, that's fun. And then I was like, didn't really think anything of it because I was like, how do you know that? Like, yeah. So, okay. So who else did she, did she cover? Yeah. McCavity is a, she said, um, originally I had McCavity as a Taurus and she said McCavity is a Scorpio with some Leo tendencies. Um, and then... Yeah, she said, just saw a website that says McCavities and Aries, and that could not be more wrong. I was like that. Some some animosity and and griping here. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, she said Skimbleshanks could be an Aries because he's just there for a good time. Uh, Deuteronomy could be a Libra and everyone else is a Gemini. Old Deuteronomy is an Aquarius on here. She said no because she doesn't think an Aquarius would care about Grizabella. Oh, an Aquarius wouldn't really care about Grizabella and her Pisces meltdown. Okay. Tug as a Leo, she said that was um, that was pretty obvious. Here has Tugger, Tugger as a Libra. Yeah. It's like, see, stuff she said, I was like, this is not what I have at all. Like, it's pretty much the exact opposite. But a Leo, from what I know, does I make sense. Yeah. I just love the fact that she, she came in and justified it. Like, that's great. That's, that's, um, yeah. that's more than this page has. Like, this page just says, says it. And then when I've gone to whatever that cat weird astrology website I found, which explains it for cats, it's like, it's eerily correct, though, sometimes. Astrology sometimes a- is. It's whack. Yeah, I'm afraid to to keep digging deeper. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> okay, I, I want to I want to ask you favorite and least favorite character in the musical. Ooh, okay. Um, oh, this is tricky. Uh, I'm gonna say favorite is probably Strat because he is the role that I want to play. Like. If I okay. could play any of the roles, it would be him. And least favorite is probably going to be, oh, I don't know. No matter what I say, I know I'm going to be upsetting someone about it with it. Um, yeah, that's hard. Uh, I, I mean, I firmly believe there's only one answer. Oh, Peter. I think it's Peter, but I, but I don't want to, I feel like I'm influencing everybody, but like there's got to be somebody else. I also learned, I don't think Peter's in any other production besides the most recent 2016 revival. It's usually asparagus and Peter's just was yeah. a, a rename for that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, he was, he's always been known and still is to a lot of the fandom as uh, asparagus junior. Um, and he is Gus's son from what, everyone pretty much says um i think that's taken from the fact that he is a separate character within the film like so mm-hmm. so john mills plays gus yeah. but then someone else plays asparagus during the rest of the show um but yeah so peter is his chorus identity like plato is mccavity's chorus identity so similar thing there um but i think you're right it's only a really recent change that's been made yeah. Okay. So, so you, you still haven't given me your least favorite. I know you got you got to upset somebody. Um. You can hash it out in a tumble page later. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say probably Grizabella. Like she's just. All right. Okay. This is good. It, tell me more. <laughs> yeah. I mean. We don't really know enough about her and what we do know she's just kind of sad and mopey and like she as much she did try to get involved she didn't really do anything to help herself okay i love it i love it now i (laughs) i want to ask you i'm going to ask you my last question but before that i have i want to hear your take on the movie did you see the most recent movie yes yes i did and what was your what were your thoughts um it was, I came in with a lot, with low expectations. It actually was better than I thought it was going to be. Okay. 
Um, that doesn't necessarily mean I enjoyed it. Um, I have a lot of opinions that differ from a, like a majority of the fandom. Like I know a lot of the fandom didn't really like the direction they went with Mistopheles in this, and I really did. I actually liked the kind of more clumsy, okay. shy kind of thing going on with him. Interesting. Um, there were a couple of things that I was like, just wondered why they made that choice. Like, especially that uh, the addressing of cats. I was like, this is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Gus's number oddly was, that was really strange. I was like, uh, this is a, um, I know cats is a fever dream already, but this is a fever dream within a fever dream. Um, and yeah, but I actually did, I enjoyed it. I, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I think, you know, if you have the bar set low enough, then it's going to exceed it. So that was a, that was good because yeah. I think a lot of people went in with high expectations or at least more expectations than I think they came out with. Yeah. Uh, um, my other question that I want to ask you is I've debated that this is not a musical for, for kids. Do you agree or disagree with me? Um, I, I suppose I agree. Uh, definitely kids can see it, but there are things in there that I think are just going to go straight over the tops of kids' heads, which is a good thing for a lot of those. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think to really, like, kind of get an understanding of what's going on, then you need, needs to be an older audience. But I think kids can still watch it and go, oh, this is exciting. There's a musical and there's lots of cats dancing around, which could be fun. So. Okay, that's the justification for a parent, but I still think that it's it's too much. It's too it's yeah, way too probably, much. Yeah, probably probably is a bit too much. There is a lot of raw sexual tension on the stage. A lot. Yeah, it of gets time. aggressive. It gets aggressive oh, in a lot of ways. It does. It gets overly aggressive, and like every time you watch it, especially ninety ninety eight film, you notice different things and go, "Oh, that's not okay." Like <laughs> especially that one particular scene during the Jellicle Ball. Next time you watch it, and this is to everyone. I want you to pause it and I want you to just look at the different couplings on stage and you will see some things that you were just like, what? There were some choices made. Interesting. Okay. I've not, I mean, I've seen it a handful of times and obviously that's what's on YouTube. If you kind of look for the clips, it's from the movie. Yeah. Um, but no, I've not, I've not done that, that research. So next time I watch, I will be, I'll be pausing. Yeah. Um, I'd like to say I have a VHS, but I don't have a VHS of it. That's that's what most people do. They've they've worn out their VHS of the of the 1998 movie. Um, okay, last question before we get to the thesis question, which is obviously you know my whole argument. But and I know I'm excited for this because I know you're going to be on my side. But <laughs> how would you explain the musical to someone who's not seen it? Like, what would be your sales pitch to tell somebody why to go see this? Forget the movie; it's coming to your town on tour. Why go see it, and then prep them for what they're going to go see. Okay, Um, I suppose I would tell people that as weird as the concept may seem, it is executed incredibly well. And the dancing and the music and the singing within the show, if you get past the fact that they're all dressed as cats, it is an incredible experience. Like, and these, you have to appreciate how hard these actors work to do some of this choreography and I know how hard it is because I've done it and it's insane. (laughs) So you just have to be able to appreciate that. And as weird as it may seem, it's still 
it's worth a watch. Like, even if you didn't like it, you can always say, well, I've seen Cats and you can form your own opinion on it. Awesome. And and how would you explain the plot? Like, what would you prep them going in? Okay. As interesting as this is, it's a little bit off topic. I've actually answered this question on, there's this site called Quora. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Yeah. Quora. Yeah. Well, I found out recently that I'm actually the most viewed, like, person for Cats musical related content. Wow. Which is so, yeah, yeah, I saw it the other day. It was so random. I have like a, like 400,000 views just for my Cats and Musical answers. How many questions have you answered? I've answered a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, a lot of them are Cats and Musical related. And one of them, which is my most popular answer, I might be able to get it up now, is actually what the plot of Cats the Musical is. And it has like, it literally has like 400 and something thousand views because people, people want to know what the plot of this is. And the way you've described it as like an American Idol type situation where they're fighting to prove, hey, this is, I should be the one to go to the heavy side lab because it is, it's the biggest honor within for the Jellicles is I think a perfect description of it, that they come together once a year for this Jellicle choice and that these cats are trying to prove why they should receive this really great high honor of being the cat who goes to the heavy side layer. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Is that what you wrote? So you just kind of, you gave it, you gave a very brief, like real answer. You didn't call it America's got talent or the X factor on, on drugs. No, no, I didn't. I actually went into a bit of detail and kind of broke it down a bit more thoroughly, which I can do if you'd like. Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. So I just kind of went song by song. Let me see if I can find the question. Oh, so you went, you went deep into this. Uh, That's what viewed. Yes. Okay, I lied. Not 400,000 views, 46,000 views, which is still, still a lot. lot. That's still a okay, lot here it is. 37,000 views on this question. Catsy Musical takes place on the night of the Jellicle Ball, which is an annual meeting held by the tribe of the Jellicle Cats. Strap, as a narrator, begins by telling us about some characteristics of Jellicles, why other cats joined in and add their own bits. This is the prologue, this is the prologue, Jellicle Songs for Jellicle Cats. He then continues by telling us about how cats are named, the naming of cats. Then Mistopheles invites all the cats to the Jellicle Ball, the invitation to the Jellicle Ball. Then one by one, new cats are properly introduced and tell us about their role in the tribe. The old Gumby cat, the Rum Tum Tugger, Grizabella the Glamour Cat, Buster Jones, Munga June Rumble Caesar, and Old Deuteronomy. I'm going to rewind by saying that Grizabella the Glamour Cat introduces us to one of the, worst, the most well-known and strong plot lines. Grizabella the Glamour Cat used to be young and beautiful. She was very proud and deserted the Jellicle tribe. Soon, though, she became ruined and old and came back to the tribe. The cats still remembered how she left them and refused to let her in. Old Deuteronomy, the leader of the Jellicle tribe, arrives and allows the night to essentially begin. Monkastrap then entertains Old Deuteronomy with the awful battle of the peaks and the pollicle. Then the Jellicle Ball commences, which is largely just dancing, and I can't seem to see how it adds to the plot, so just enjoy the section. Then Grizabella comes back and all the cats leave, so she tries to copy them dancing. Old Deuteronomy watches her and she begins to sing Memory, but then remembers how proud she is and leaves. Old Deuteronomy then sings Moments of Happiness to teach the cats a lesson. He then channels his energy through Korokopat and Tantamal into Jemima and she begins to sing Memory. We're then introduced to more cats, Gus the theatre cats, and his dream sequence, Growl Tiger's Last Stand, which also isn't important to the plot. Thimbleshanks the railway cat follows, and at the end of it, McCavity kidnaps old Deuteronomy. Bombellarina and Demeter sing McCavity about how wicked he is, and then old Deuteronomy comes back. Demeter removes his disguise, and it turns out to be McCavity, and Monkstrap McCavity fight, causing McCavity to disappear. Magical Mr. Mistopheles follows, and he brings back old Deuteronomy. Grizabella comes back and sings the full version of Memory with Jemima in parts, and at the end, Victoria welcomes Grizabella back into the tribe. 
All the other cats follow and Grizabella gets chosen to go to the heavy side layer to be reborn back into a different jellical life. And then the show ends. Wow. Yeah. I went in depth. Wow. Wow. Basically, I feel like if I cut out just that section, just of you reading it, I still think we'd confuse 99% of the people. 100%. Yeah. That's 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 a I still feel like that is my biggest gripe and problem with the show. It's also what makes the show what yeah. it is, is that you can't explain it. But I mean it is a competition for murder. Like that's the the that's my my elevator pitch. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right, let's let's jump into the, the most important question. Um you know, um, as everyone does, that I don't think Grisabella was the right choice at the end. Um, it sounds like since it's your least favorite cat that you agree with me. So who do you think deserves to go to the heavy side layer? Uh, yeah, I do agree. It shouldn't be Grizabella. Like she doesn't really help her own case. Uh, I think that it should be Gus is my personal media. Because he has lived the longest life and he has done so much for the tribe. And I think that he should be the next person to go. Like he has, he's had, he's had his run. He's like, I'm ready. I've done everything I wanted to do. Like, it's my time. And I, so I think it should be Gus. That is the number one consensus, I feel like, from the Cats universe, is that it should have been Gus. Yeah. I also Amazing. kind of have a problem with this idea of the heavy side layer, if you don't mind me bringing this up. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. And it's that, so this, oh, they actually say that this is an annual, they come together once a year thing. Um, so, like, who was the last cat to go before Grizabella at last year's? And who is going to go after Grizabella? Like, is one of the cats we're seeing currently someone who's already been reborn? Like, there are a couple, and, like, where do they go and how do they come back? Like, it's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, issues I have with the concept of the Heaviside layer. There are a lot of plot holes in the whole thing, this being a very major one. Um, my kind of thought with it, if it is one that came back, you would think it would be the youngest kitten. So it'd be like a Victoria or somebody else would be someone who might've been reborn most recent. Um, and then you also wonder too, if it's like, especially the movie, the new movie painted it out to where McCavity seemed like, this is my year. I'm going to win it. Finally. Um, how many years has he lost? But then my kind of bigger thought with this whole thing is, is that when you watch American Idol, America's Got Talent, any of these things, they don't come back next year. If you lose, you lose and you move on. So I kind of, I'm a little bit with you on the sense of how many times are we letting these same people compete? If you lost last year, then mm. let's get some new people in here and let's get a new competition going. Yeah. It's but I don't, exactly. I don't think that, that that's right. I also think we're thinking, this is more of your Tumblr universe. Like we're thinking way beyond the two two hours and 15 minutes, two and a half hours, whatever it is that, yeah. that they put together to be on stage. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay so what's, um, what are your parting words uh, today? I mean, this, is, this has been incredible. I've loved learning about Tumblr and Quora, and, and you're, you are the most, one of the most foremost experts I've met on, on cats. I actually kind of am, not to my own horn, but like apparently so. Uh, my parting words would be as weird as this show is, there's something for everyone in it, whether it's costumes or it's dancing, whether it's singing, there's going to be something to love. And that 
just enjoy it. Like as weird as it is, you're if it's a musical and everyone has their own opinions on it, but you should just enjoy it if you have the chance. Amazing. Well, thank you for joining and for being part of this episode. We can find you at the Jellicle Junkyard, correct? Yes, at the Jellicle Junkyard on Instagram. And if you want my Cora answers, my Cora is at Flynn Lockett. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode with Flynn Lockett on the Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wrong Cat Died, or check us out on our website, TheWrongCatDied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.